She Loves Herself with Jill Ritchie, showing you how to embrace vulnerability and unearth your power within. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of She Loves Herself podcast. It's Friday and I am joined by another amazing guest. My guests this season are absolutely blowing my mind. Um, I really feel into oh, almost not only what, what I need to be talking about, but what I feel you guys intuitively um, need from each episode. And so this guest I have on today is the incredible um, queen of trauma herself, Irene Lyon. And Irene has been on the show before. Irene's someone whose work I not only study, but my coach, Laura, who I've worked with for five years, also studies. So when Laura recommended Irene's work to me, it was a no-brainer that I was going to study her work, um, which I have been for the past 12 months. She is incredible. Her wisdom, her knowledge, what she knows about trauma. Um, and so in this episode, we are talking about biohacking, ice baths, different plant medicines, and actually how it has its place, but are we still avoiding by trying to use different methods that can take us into certain states, but actually are we really getting to the root of our trauma? and therefore able to process our healing longer term if we are relying on medicines to get us there. Um, we are also talking about how, how difficult it can be to navigate our way through this work. So if you're someone who is in the work, who feels like, holy shit, this is heavy, I feel worse than I did before I started, you are not alone and Irene really walks us through um, this in, in more detail and how in actual fact it is really worth staying with it and moving through it um, because the reward in the end is bigger and it's it's incredible. So without any further ado, let's go in and tap into the queen of trauma herself, Irene Lyons. She loves herself with Jill Ritchie. Welcome back, Irene, to She Loves Herself. Hello, Miss Jill. Hello, Irene. I'm so happy that you're I back. I Me know. too. I Me know. Too. I, yeah, when you said yes, I mean, you know, the last time when you were on and you said, you know, I'll come back on again. I'm like, right, that's it. She's coming back on. Oh, yeah. Oh, my yeah. goodness. And so many people reached out to me after that episode mm. just because your knowledge and your expertise and what we're going to probably talk about more in depth again today. And I feel for sure, even since speaking to you, we, we connect with the right people at the right time. Mm, and for sure. It's definitely taken me on a direction. And we're going to talk about this because I am right in the middle of doing your 21 day nervous system tune up right now yay yay you're in it you're deep I'm, in it I'm in it I'm in it um and do you know what I'm gonna do I'm actually let's just talk about it while we're, while we're on the subject yeah Irene what happens when we are studying something now I am so interested in this topic and this happened to me four years ago 
when I was studying Jeffrey Allen's energy healing work, I was so pumped for it. And I was like, yeah, yeah. And then like 15 minutes in, I would fall asleep. Now, <laughs> by the way, I th this work that Irene does is amazing. The nervous system tune up 21 days is so incredible. And I'm so excited about it. But what happens is I feel like my whole body starts to just get super tired. And before I know it, I'm like, I, I fall asleep. And I've asked a few people about this. And they said, mm -hmm. that happens to me. Like, what happens to our bodies when we're doing that? Mm -hmm. Have that Has that happened with the 21 day? Yeah. Yeah. So my thinking and what we think is happening with that is that as you've learned in the course, we have this autonomic nervous system mm -hmm. of ours and part of its job is to protect us mm. from threat and from mm. things that are not maybe that we're not used to yeah. right and so it doesn't have to be a threat but fight flight and freeze so the fight everyone kind of knows fight flight um, you know, if something is bad that's going on, you're going to try to get away or you're going to try to aggress and, and mm -hmm. fight for yourself. But if you can't do those two things, the system will go into this freeze response, which is exactly kind of how it sounds. We sort of um, shut down and it's a spectrum, but part of that can be starting to kind of fall asleep or starting to dissociate or starting to leave mm -hmm. your body. Um, and just be not present. And then when that occurs, our higher, even with fight and flight and freeze, the higher brain, it can't function. So you may go into something with full <clears throat> conviction and interest and excitement. And there's a part there that I'll mention in a second, but let's just say you're going into it. And then you, even though you want the information, it will influence something. I don't like the word trigger, but it'll increase something. It'll activate something in the system that is old. Yeah. That is maybe something that is intense, even though you might not be feeling a physical sensation of intensity, something in the background in the unconscious is like, let's just shut this off. Yeah. Um, so that's, you know, one kind Ooh. of potential there. Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, the other one could be that as you're going into the learning, you go into it with excitement, yep. but if it's too much excitement, you're also going to hit this high. And then what comes after a high, mm -hmm. a low, mm -hmm. right? It's like, I mean, I'm not, I have never done this, but I've heard that for those that do certain types of drugs that are stimulants, they take them to feel really energized yeah. and, but then you crash. And then that's why a person needs another hit. And so one of the things that I think happens in um, learning new things, especially in the online space I found, and I've said this to my students when I teach my larger course, um, I say, I know a lot of you are excited to be here. You know, it's a big investment. We're all in a group together. And I, I, I kind of say, don't be excited. <laughs> <laughs> and I say that tongue in cheek. I say, I know that's going to sound strange, but if you use your adrenaline yep. and energy to get, I'm going to school. It's the first day. It's the first. And you keep, it, it won't last. You can't keep pushing yourself with that kind of drive. That's why I think 
having been in the fitness and nutrition world for like 15 years in my twenties and thirties, that whole new year's resolutions, which I'm sure you know all about, you know, people are all excited and there's like this push of an energy. You see it on the magazines and da, 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 da at the gym, the rec center. And, and so you're, you're interested genuinely, but then that adrenalized hit can't keep going. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. And that, that's why most people start a new year's resolution in January. It's done by the end of January. They're like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Usually <laughs> if they're lucky, they might get to like a, a really disciplined person might make it to March. Yeah. But having been in that world of fitness and helping people create programs, like you see the attendance drop off at a class or you go to someone's, um, I remember when I was in fitness, you'd have these cards with like the exercises and mm. they tick off the day. Yeah, they still right? do that. Uh-huh. Right. And, and I would check these cards and then every now and again, we'd have to clean out the cards because they get big in this little filing folder system. Mm. And I would find cards from clients, training clients. And I'm like, huh, well, and then you see, and they'll like one tick is there. And then we haven't, you know, you don't see them forever. And, and so it's, it's an interesting psychology, it is, it is, isn't it? And I guess, but, it, yeah, but what I'll say, like the falling asleep thing, sometimes a person just might be tired. Mm. So some of my exercises, the audio practical ones yeah. can be very soothing. Yeah, they are. They are. And, and so if you are tired and exhausted there's the reality of maybe you just need to take a nap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Stop reading into it, Jill. You just are tired. Right. Might just be but that. if, but it, let's say you're, we're learning one of the um, educational pieces, which, you know, isn't, I'm not necessarily guiding you through your body. I make you check in every now and again, mm-hmm. but the theory can also overload the system. And that's where, okay, well, next time try just listening to five minutes or 10 yeah. minutes and walk away before, if it is a freeze survival response, walk away before it hits or start to notice the the very drop of the drowsiness Mm. and then pull away and feel it and see if there's any emotion or, or, or just, it's like, that's enough for today. Yeah, for sure. Cause we don't want to push ourselves. So and again, for me, I, I mean, I know to sort of pull back, but for other people listening, often people will push themselves through yeah. an experience, even if that's a level of, you know, leaning into trauma or doing some work, right? And they will push and they will push because they think, oh, you know, I've got to get through this. I've got to work through this trauma. Yeah. And Irene, what would you say to those people? Don't. <laughs> don't do it. Just don't do it. I mean, there's a time and a place for quick solutions, right? Mm. You have a broken bone that's acute. You go to the hospital and you get it fixed immediately. That kind of yeah. thing, you know, um, accident, you, you get that fixed, but, and I get it. We are starting to realize how much stuff as humans we've stored up in our system mm. for generations. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we want it done yesterday. We don't want to have to deal with this because we want to get on with our lives and have fun and da, 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 da. But the thing is, is that the human system needs to slowly ameliorate and adapt to the newness 
because what happens is sure you might resurrect an old abuse from the past or a hurt or a harm and you feel it you notice it you get whatever emotion needs to get out you you do whatever response needs to occur but if you're doing that on unsolid foundation and if you're not doing that with a very present connection to self and the environment there might be this thinking that that has completely healed and maybe it has at a certain level but the rest of the system hasn't integrated around it and i think and this is just my speculation you know the other day i posted a a post um about bio biohacking things Mm. right i'm sure you know that term Mm. and sometimes there's a usefulness for that but when it comes to restoring this regulation working with deep traumas all these things in the human system you need to take time because you're not just working on the memory or the emotion. You have to realize that you have a digestion, yeah. an immune system, yeah. a blood circulatory system, your environment, your work life. And if you try to influence one thing too quickly, the rest can't catch up. Yeah. And so I think what occurs with a lot of techniques that purport to be miraculous in shift is that there is a shift there is a change and a person feels that they might feel more light, more clear. But what I want to know is what's going on a year later Mm. or what happens a month later, are they still needing to do that hack or that technique to feel grounded or did it create real regulation? And, and so there's this, there's, it's tricky because Again, people want to be better soon and quickly. And we've been taught that in our medical community. There are some things, you know, have an infection, you take some antibiotics, they can be pretty miraculous, right? But there's no equivalent for that from what I've seen in the, you know, so many people that we've seen go through our doors. Mm. Oh my goodness, so much of what you said that I want to pick up on. So like the biohacking, I totally agree with you and I see a lot of people and I know that you've spoken about this like the the ice baths and Mm -hmm. all of that stuff right which as you say can can really bring you into that they serve a purpose very quickly but but also it seems like it's and I'd love love your thoughts on like things like ayahuasca plant medicine all these things that we that people will take and think right that's me but actually and it often comes back years later or people say I need an ice bath every single day to actually get myself going and again yeah is that really avoiding the deeper work that really if we want to have this where we don't need to have a it's almost like a pill for an ill but it's not like it's not I know it's not like medicine but I guess it is a medicine in a way like the ice bath the, the the plant medicine it's not like antibiotics and things or drugs that we're having to take every single day, but we are numbing almost because we're not really getting to the root or we're almost still putting that plaster over it. Yeah. So I'll speak to both of those because the ayahuasca and the ice bath, because again, why are you doing it? And what is it for? 
And so right now, I mean, I am in an interesting situation in that, and I haven't mentioned this, but my, one of my old injuries has re-triggered, re-flared on one of my knees. I've had a history of like six knee surgeries and things are a little funky down there. Um, so I can't walk and exercise the way I normally would, which is pretty vigorously, right? And so this week, and really the last couple of weeks, I do have a cold plunge in our in our bottom level of our outside deck. We're in the city, so it's not a yard, but you know, there's a cold plunge there, and we do have a sauna. And so most days I've been doing that earlier as a stimulant. Yes. rather than at night when I relax, because I can't get out and get my blood going with mm. my, you know, with my movement. And, and so I do that to feel a little bit of that pump of blood and lymph. I use it for hydrotherapy purposes so that I'm flushing out my system. That is very specified for where I'm at, but here we are talking, it's nine 20 in the morning for me. I didn't do that before I talked to you because A, I didn't feel like getting up early enough to do that. And B, my husband is sleeping downstairs. So, you know, or was sleeping. So I'm not going to wake him up. So I don't need it to, mm. to be here and sitting here functioning with you. The trouble that I'm seeing is people are saying, because going into an ice, ice bath uh, uh, turns on and they're not even accurate with this, they'll say your parasympathetic nervous system, it's a portion of the parasympathetic nervous system that triggers into you're about to freeze to death, right? And so the system goes into a survival mode to protect all the blood goes into the core. And I mean, hypothermia and dying in cold water is a real thing. I had mm. friend, I had a friend die falling into the ocean kayaking. It's risky business. Like if our system is in too cold of water, it will not survive if you don't get out soon enough. Of course, this is not that cold. But the thing is, is there's this thinking that you can just shock the parasympathetic nervous system, do some deep breathing. And yes, you might feel more alive and exhilarated afterwards, but you're not addressing the root cause of why the system is dysregulated. Yes. I said this the other day in another podcast. Um, I said, well, you, you're a mom, you've, you've raised a, a baby. Imagine if when um, your child was six months old or six weeks old, it doesn't matter. And they were fussing about something and you're trying to figure it out. Maybe they're hungry. Maybe there's gas, maybe they're sick. Would it have worked to say, I think you're, you're, you have a boy, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Would it have worked to say to him, sweetie, just take a few deep breaths? <laughs> he wouldn't understand, right? Of course not. <laughs> that would be so cool if it happened, though. <laughs> I know. Or let's dunk you in a cold, like, that would be abuse, right? And, and, but they would be shocked. And so, but what calms them, what regulates them is the better word is you attuning to them, yeah. him and, oh, this is the sound of hunger, or this is the sound of gas. I can feel the bloating in the belly. Let's just rub the belly a little bit and, and, you know, or the raw, or maybe they're tired or, or whatever. It's listening to the infant and giving them what they need that then gives them, and then you, you know, the little baby, 
they have those cute, ah, they sigh and, mm-hmm. you know, and then they calm down and then they're happy again. So that is the crux right there. Mm-hmm. For many people, they're doing these biohacks because they didn't get good solid regulation growing up. And so what we have to teach as adults is the equivalent, and it's not about going and finding a new mother and having her cuddle you or anything like that. And I mean, there's that's something that some people try to do um, and that doesn't work in the same way because you're an adult and there's boundary stuff and all that, right? It's You can't recreate the parent-infant relationship mm. when you're 50 or 40, mm. but you can as a human that's an adult and deciding I want to heal this, you can start to learn how to listen to the inside and learn about your insides. And then of course, the way I've created the practices, they're very subtle and they're bringing you back into that connection of self and environment and listening to that interoception. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, the ice bath, cold plunge thing is an interesting one because it's not it's not all or nothing. It's, it depends on what it's for, what it's for. Mm. like a classic one. Most people know, you know, you sprain an ankle, it gets all swollen, a very common physical therapy ice. technique, ice, hot. I, and it's to get mm-hmm. the circulation going, or it might just be ice if it's really inflamed. And then when it's healing and it's less inflamed, you do hot, cold, and that's to flush the capillaries to get the nutrients and to get the flow and it feels good. So that is a great biohack, but let's just say the ankle is broken. That's not going to fix it. You need to then cast it or get surgery. And so the regulation piece, restoring regulation to the system is a little trickier. Mm. Um, I'll pause there because the ayahuasca one is a whole other other story. You know, I, I, and I get it. It's, I feel like there is people are looking for quick fixes and I understand, I get it, yeah. right? Because we don't want to go in and sometimes take a peek at what's there. And sometimes we don't understand that we can, that we yeah. have the capacity yeah. to do it. We're so outward focused on the fixes out with us. But when we understand the, the power that we have within mm-hmm. and what we can um what we can tune into within ourselves, it's phenomenal. Like this work has blown my mind. And I feel like definitely, you know, almost five years ago, I started this work and I was quite late on, like I was like 37 and I didn't know any of this. And it was just, it blew my mind, but my capacity then could not have probably been in the space that it was to handle what I handle now. And that's why I think it is so important that we start like little, soft, subtle things that aren't going to overload us and put us into complete terror and fear, therefore never want to go back and do it again. So it's really important that number one, that you, you know, if you're doing it, you, you work with someone and I've shared this with Irene before you make sure you work with someone that's really like experienced and that you, that you that there's safety and connection around because I think I see this a lot Irene and you'll probably see it you've been doing mm-hmm. this a long time mm-hmm. you'll see someone that's done like a little sort of a wee course or something then suddenly they're saying they're an expert in it 
come and work with me. I'll take you through trauma and I'll heal all your trauma for you. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh my gosh, there is so much of that out there. Do you see that too? It's a massive problem right now. And um, it would be like saying, oh, I've had a surgery. Now I know how to do surgery. Now, now I'm a doctor. <laughs> and I survived it, right? I, I had a surgery. I understand what they did. I Googled it to see what the procedure was. Um, and now I'm going to go do that on other people. Yes. And I know that's an extreme example because of course you're not going to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and what people must realize is that and this might fall into the ayahuasca piece beautifully, is that I am still finding stuff in my system Mm -hmm. that I didn't know was there, not the way I was maybe 10 years ago, but I have a lot of capacity. I am very well-trained. I have a great relationship. I like what I do. I'm healthy pretty much. And yet there's still stuff coming up. Yeah. And it's not a bad thing, but what that shows me is, man, and I was not in an abusive household. <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. my parents are still together. Like yeah. they loved their job. You know, there was none of that. And it just shows, wow, we as human beings have the capacity to store so much. And if you've never considered that and understand what can happen when you start to move these things out, Again, the ignorance of I'm just going to jump in and do this. Like, let's process that rape. Let's process that natural disaster you lived through. Let's process whatever. And if the person has no um, basic skills to stay tethered, it's like, imagine throwing someone into an ocean with huge waves and they've never even waded in a pool before. Mm -hmm. That's a disaster Mm -hmm. waiting to happen. You just can't do it. And so, so if we think about the plant medicines, cause again, I am not opposed to those. I know many people in my circles, personal and professional who have dabbled and tried and have had massive awakenings, results, epiphanies, but they've also done a shit ton yeah. of groundwork. And they know how to choose. I mean, I'm getting shivers thinking about it right now. They've chosen their their person, the group very carefully. They've done their research. Um, But what's happening is that people are, again, it's being popularized Mm -hmm. and they're going in, they want that shamanic, you know, experience. It's becoming an Instagram thing that Uh, they can do. I'm right? so glad you said it. I'm like, it's and, a lot of the time it's for the pictures, right? Because it looks beautiful. If you're in a, a Peruvian jungle or Costa Rica, or you're just in a beautiful retreat center with candles and feathers and nothing wrong with that stuff, but it's a, it's a fun picture to post. Yeah. And, um, but no one's, you know, do it, taking a picture of themselves doing basic orienting you know, from, cause it's pretty boring. <laughs> I'm just but staring at so the important <laughs> of, course, of course. So what happens, Jill, is that, you know, you have again, and again, this is contextual to someone that hasn't done any groundwork. They go in, 
they have this experience and maybe it just, they, they, they go to the moon and back, they see all their dark side, they see beauty, these things, but what can happen, and I know this because we get, these are the stories you don't hear. We get emails, we get comments on YouTube, we get DMs of people who have been bedridden for two mm. years, people who are in psychosis yeah. because of what got cracked open. Um, people that have had massive physical flares of predis predisposed, say, autoimmune troubles, their heart won't come back down. It's, it, mm. And you kind of look at that and go, okay, well, from a nervous system physiological point of view, basically, remember what I said a long time ago yeah. when we started talking about you do something, but you have to let the rest of the system catch up. For sure. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, it's like that. And so again, it, it's this, it's being touted as a very general, this is going to save mental illness and, and heal humanity. It's like, well, you can't put it in the water, you know, mm -hmm. and you can't just facilitate this by giving people pills to take in their home. Cause most people would have no idea how to process what comes up. That's it. And, and so I think again, like if it can be done in a way that is really um, responsible and mature and it's, and if you were to say to someone, you can do this, but you're not allowed to tell anyone about it mm. other than your, maybe your partner or your family, cause they need to go know where you're going, but you can't post it on Instagram. You can't, you know, or, or if you do, you have to wait a year because then It'd be interesting to do this experiment. I bet a lot of people would think twice about it because yeah. it is a sensational thing. I'll never forget. I live down by the water here on the Pacific Ocean. So it's freezing cold. And one morning I was down there doing some uh, movement to you know, get my body going. And there was a girl and a guy, a, a very young couple. And she was trying to get into the water. Like a lot of people go into the water to like cold dip. Mm. And and he, and she's like, okay. And you could just tell she was looking for that shot. And, and he was challenging her. I commended him. He's like, why are you, you're not doing this for yourself. And she stop it. Stop, you know, teasing me. I want to. And then he's like, okay, I'm just saying like, you should do this for you. Not because you're wanting to put it on Instagram. Like they had the conversation and then, and you know, she's got a cute little bikini on nothing wrong with a cute bikini, but, it, and, and she, she, and she kept looking back and then she went in and she didn't even, she just dunked and came in and then ran out. And then she immediately looked at the phone Yeah. and, and I'm like, mm, okay, fair enough. That was, you know, sure. You mm. did that. You activated your system with a little cold water, but the intention isn't clean. Yeah. Right. And so again, you know, be very careful with these things because you don't know what you're going to get and you have to be prepared for what you dip into mm. in, that, in that psychedelic earth experience or multiverse experience. Yeah. Cause you might see something that you didn't even think you were going to see. Mm. And the thing is, is that, you know, in the, the hundreds and thousands of people that I've seen move through, not all personally, but you know, they go through our programs, people have some pretty wicked mind bending experiences by not taking any of this stuff. I, oh, I was just going to say that to you. Ah. They get, they have messages from God knows where, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, um, and, 
I'm like, look, it's all natural. Yes. Ah, <laughs> so, I was going to say that to you because that was going to be my question. Irene, yeah. do you think we can get that from really tapping into ourselves? And I, I, I have spoken about my coach before and who, mm. again, I'd said to you, she recommended yeah. you to me. And she'd said to me, you can do it. And there's, you know, but again, it's the intent behind it. If you want to do it for like, you know, for an experience, but not for just the sole purpose of healing or whatever that may be, because it's the after care and aftermath that comes. Yes. But actually she said, Jill, the way you are, you could get into that. Like you can do that yourself. Yeah. And I'm like, I wanted to ask you that. So it's so interesting that you said that. I think that, you know, um, yes, you can get there without these, these, these substances. And some might argue that that's not possible, but those who are, I would say more skilled and more masterful at facilitating this stuff, they would say, you have this in you. This mm. is just something that is speeding up something, yeah, yeah, yeah. opening it a little quicker. It's like an enzyme essentially that's catalyzing a reaction, but man, I've, I've experienced some pretty intense movings through my body by mm. just being in a bath mm. and immersing in some warm water and breathe, not breathing with intention, but just feeling my breath where my system feels like it's going completely cold in the bath and tingles and shakes and it's coming from God knows where again, mm -hmm. but it's a layer, it's a layer of freeze coming out and it doesn't happen always in the most convenient times, but you can be intentional about it. Um, and, you know, again, working with people in private practice, you know, you see these transformations occur with, of course, you have to be skillful. Yeah. But the expression, the anger, the grief, the sorrow, the, 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 you know, it comes out without needing um, force. Yeah, I love sense. that. And isn't it so powerful if we're doing it on our own? Because then our body is almost ready to do it. You know, when it's coming, it's like, it's, I'm ready. It's like, I'm ready. Yeah. This level yeah. of being ready to do it. And again, that leads me on to the somatic work, right? So, mm -hmm. um for people that don't know, because obviously you're a somatic neuroplasticity expert. I got that out without getting yeah, my Very good, out. very good. So for the listeners, what is that? Mm. What is that? You know, when they're like, oh, what is a somatic neuroplasticity yeah. expert? What well, is that? There, this, this is where it's tough because we're in a place right now in history where there actually isn't like a designation Mm -hmm. So, you know, a medical doctor, we all know what that is. Mm -hmm. Even if we were to say neurosurgeon, people know yeah. okay, that's someone who operates on brains and all that stuff. Um, even a lawyer, you know, <laughs> criminal defense, like people know what those things mean. Somatic practitioner um, is so vague right now. Someone who works somatically um, and how I call myself, I don't even exactly know what it is because again, there isn't one school mm. that I went to. I trained okay. in multiple different methodologies. Um, and even in those methodologies, the person that trained me is different from the person that trained someone else in, in Europe, for example. And mm -hmm. so there's like, 
there isn't yet a designated practice. Yeah. And for what I do, um, it is a blend of, and I'll name them, somatic experiencing, which is the work of Peter Levine, the Feldenkrais methodologies, mm -hmm. which is Dr. Moshe Feldenkrais. Um, Levine is still alive at this point, Feldenkrais is not. And then Kathy Kane, whom is also still alive. She was a student of Peter's mm -hmm. and then her work um, dabbles in a few places, but um, working more with touch and the organs of the body that are in fight, flight and freeze. And also with the early, early dysregulation before we can speak. That goes to that example about the you know six month old, six mm. week old. So those things are all blended into what I do. And then of course I have a background in biomedical science, exercise science, all that stuff. So, mm. and fitness and nutrition. So when I'm working with someone, when I worked with people one-on-one, -on -one, because I've had people say, can you tell me what a session looks like? Yeah. Like, and no. I go, not really. I really can't. Yeah. <laughs> if, if I, it's like, but what's happening is I'm asking, you know, what is it that you want to work on? You know, is there a specific thing, a specific trauma? Is it just general dysregulation? Is there an ailment with your system pain? And then pending that and there where they are at, and how foundation-based and capacity-based they are, we might dive right into working with that trauma. Yeah. Or we might have to just spend months and months building capacity so they can even feel their body. Mm -hmm. They can mm -hmm. that they can feel their body when they open their eyes and look around the room. And I will have to literally with my hands, because I use touch in my work, squeeze their arms and be like, can you feel me? No. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Now you bring your hand. Can you feel you? Uh-huh. I'm like, great. Sense that. Right. And so it depends on the person. And then, you know, I'm watching their physiology. Um, I'm thinking about someone I worked quite a while ago. It was very clear due to the abuse um, that they would dissociate, they would leave the room. And so I'm like, look at me. So if there's a little bit of like first responder yeah. quality, but then also because of my training, understanding all of the emotions and being able to see when they might be holding something in or when the lip is starting to quiver and that's a sign of the tears mm -hmm. or um, they're going a little kind of blue and white and it shows they're going into a bit of shutdown, their breath might start changing. And so yeah. it's really um, to use the example of, of surgery and doctors, mm -hmm. It's like a really highly experienced surgeon, trauma surgeon in the ER who isn't specialized in just one thing, but maybe internal surgery mm -hmm. and there is a wound and something's wrong and they have to find it. <clears throat> yeah. Right. Yeah. And in finding it, they then have to know who they have to bring in yeah. nurse suction uh, paddles, whatever. And they're orchestrating the arena. So, but when you're a somatic practitioner, working one-on-one, -on -one, you don't have the anesthesiologist, the nurse, you know, you are everything. Yeah. And you have to pull in all of the tools. And that is something that takes time to get to. And so if we go to this example of someone who 
has had a good experience at a weekend workshop or they've done some online summits, I've seen this, and someone will smack on their site that they've learned uh, concepts of somatic experiencing or they've, they're bringing in the polyvagal work and they have maybe a coaching certificate and they're going to do work with you trauma wise, it would be like putting that first year nurse into a surgical arena with a bullet wound that's perforating the yeah. gut yeah. with no help. Right. And so, so I get a little spicy about that because their intention, I think is clean. They do want to help, but they don't, they haven't understood how complex mm -hmm. these systems are. Yeah. I always will use the example. If you think about, um, we don't call it multiple personalities anymore, but mm -hmm. dissociative identity disorder is what we would mm -hmm. call it. And essentially it's a trauma response to intense stuff. A person is creating different alters, not just within their brain, but within their physiology to cope. Yeah. Um, a yeah. great show is called the United States of Tara. Did you ever see that? No. With Tony Collette brilliant show um ah. the the husband is Aiden from Sex in the City and it's about a woman who basically has multiple personalities and it's the series is multiple seasons figuring out what her trauma was yeah it's so good but when you think about that and and how a human can micromanage all that stuff that shows how complex our system is sure. and so you know, if someone had a really regulated childhood and they had maybe a car accident and they really had a solid regulated childhood and they're just having some trouble with, you know, a little PTSD around driving, then maybe that's a little, you know, okay, that's like an easy mm. wound to clean up at that somatic level. But people are carrying so many different things. So that's where, again, um, you know, you, you ask, what do, what do I do? It's, it's a blend of yeah. all these things. And it's kind of like being a doctor of the nervous system. Mm. Um, and because of my training in the physical arts of movement and, and structure, but then also the more we could call mind, body, nervous system arts, and then the early trauma stuff. Um, I spent a lot of time with animals growing up. So I, you know, you can sense that energy. Like I've been trained to really attune to things. Um, mm -hmm. but I do think that that can be trained. Yeah. And then that's of course, something that I'm interested in pursuing is teaching people this. I love that. Cause I'm crazy. I, yeah. <laughs> so, I love it. I feel like yeah. for me, there's definitely the element of the intuitive work as well like knowing and and the experience of intuiting for people and and yeah. just sensing and I I did a lot of a lot of training with my coach it was you know on that and I still do and again it's this it's never a one and done we're always our capacity starts to mm -hmm. you know, expand and we can sort of do more and be more and feel more and trust more you know, trust in our intuiting, because if, if, if you're going to do this and you see someone, because it is buzzword, right? We see it somatic, um, um, neural somatic embodiment, and, nervous system, uh, yeah, yeah, right? I mean, it's uh, all, yeah. And, and, yeah. and the polyvagal and all of that stuff, it's the buzzword, right? And it, and it attracts people because they're like, oh my God, right? Yeah, yeah, I think I need that. 
But if someone hasn't trained and done the work on themselves, it's filtered through their lens. So when they go in, often they're like, oh yeah, I'm going to intuit. And I feel like it's that so much if the the work isn't done, it's filtered through their stuff, their Uh lens. And and that... That is a good point, Jill, because if I go back to the surgeon example, you can be a really good surgeon, but have never, this is what's odd (laughs) to flip that example. You can be a really good, um, I'm thinking about my knee surgeon. All he does is knees. He's Mm. never had a knee surgery, Mm. but he knows that knee. Like, you know, he's worked with probably every single sport team in Canada that exists is good with knees. So, but when it comes to this nervous system regulation, somatic, whatever we want to call it work, basically trauma healing at this deep level, um, it isn't enough to know it theoretically. No. And that's the part that I think, I don't think I know has created not everyone, but a large proportion of folks who um, have the skills and maybe the understanding and some tools, but the trainings are not developed to teach a person their own self healing. Mm. So there's no um, pre-med to get into these trainings. But if you think about medical school or law school, you need to do pre-med, pre-law. You have to pass an exam to be accepted Mm -hmm. to get into those those schools you have to prove competence and that doesn't occur in these somatic trainings it occurs at a very small level um but a lot of times what occurs is people go in because they want the ticket they want to say that they've been trained in this Mm -hmm. thing or they have a certificate and i get it i get it Mm -hmm. um and then they're not also doing the side work of working on themselves Now, again, I'm generalizing. Some people do, some people do, but there's a lot that don't. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, not to scare those who are doing this work without credential, but be very careful, you know, and, and know that you can learn and you can become a beginner student and that there's a reason why doctors go to school for probably up to seven years at least, at least five years, if not more, um, you can't just become a doctor. You need to go through these yeah. steps. Even a physical therapist has to do many years of school, a massage therapist. Mm. So um, it takes time. But if you're really wanting to do this and this is your career path, then why not take three to four years to study yeah. and get a job mm. doing something else? You know, or if you're that yoga instructor that wants to do trauma work, keep teaching yoga with a trauma informed lens, but don't start trying to work on someone's trauma on the floor. Just leave that and work on building up the skills. Is that, I hope that's making sense. Oh, it makes perfect sense. I talk about this a lot. I think it's so important to, to find, you know, practitioners and people that are really informed and for me a big thing for me with anyone I work with is if they've done the work I think it's massive I think as you see mm-hmm. we can study we can learn we can learn but if we're not embodying this work it, I'm like I, I you know it's a, yeah, it's a thing and at all levels too um, yeah that, that's that's the other piece um is 
and again, I'm generalizing and I'm sure there's exceptions, but if a practitioner is doing this work in the way that say I am and my colleagues, and they're in a toxic relationship, for example, because I've seen that, it's hard to be that master because you're always having to clean up stuff in your home. And there's a stress that you bring into the office or into the group. And so it, it, you know, this sounds kind of like a purist way of looking at it, but if you really want to do this work at the deeper levels, um, you gotta, you gotta walk the talk as well. Oh, yes. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And it's not easy, but it's it's, it's not, but you can't unsee it. I think when you're in it, when you really do the work, like I know when there's something comes up, I'm like, oh, I can't unsee it. I've got to deal with that. And I feel yeah. like I've shared this before and and um, and it with, with permission from yes. my, my partner that I've been yeah. with for 13 years and we worked through some stuff. And this was stuff that I never realized was an, an issue. I thought everyone was the same until I started doing this work. And then I was mm-hmm. like, God, what is this that's coming up for me? And again, taking full responsibility for my part in it. And it's something that I I share now because I know for sure there are so many people that go through this, but hold so much shame around it and don't understand why they feel like this way in their relationship. And that is receiving love in the relationship Mm -hmm. and actually not, they don't understand, well, why do I just want to exit this relationship? Why do I go from a relationship to another one, to another Mm -hmm. one? And after a few years I get the whole oh I need to exit here now I need to go and actually unless we do this work we will carry that with us in every single relationship that we go into and I did a post the, mm-hmm. the just the other day and I know that you commented on yeah. that Irene about um people will say oh I think it's because and again they'll read this term I'm not worthy yeah. of love and I said I think it's often again Mm. I don't want to generalize but often it's not that we don't feel worthy of love although some people maybe do but actually a lot of the time it is that we don't trust love because when we really allow love in we are so scared because we think we can't hold it all we must self-abandon especially you know as women and it's like well actually I carry this from generations of Mm -hmm. the women they need to then be the caregiver to the the children and and actually you can't go out and do this thing with your friends now or you can't just you know go out on this night out you have to like have fun around Uh and it's like well who are you are you the mom that's the mom or are you the the friend the party animal that just wants to let her hair down and (laughs) and we don't think we can have it all so actually allowing ourselves to to understand where does this come from and so often and you Mm. touched on this earlier and I would love to to chat to you about it we carry this and so much from the generations that came before us and uh, I recommend this book and you've probably read it it didn't start with you it's not Mm -hmm. the most easiest read Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) and so when someone says can you recommend a book I'm like there's a really good book but if like if you're quite early on in your journey you might be like what is this but wow it's mind-blowing isn't it what's your thoughts on that Well, the thing with the, I wrote this down so I wouldn't forget, not worthy of love. Um, You know, it kind of goes back to that baby that I mentioned because I don't love the word love (laughs) to use that saying, 
Because what, uh, what we need when we're young from our primary caregiver is connection and care and attunement. Mm -hmm. That creates safety and the worthiness that I have something that feels not well, whether it's hunger or cold, or I don't feel mm -hmm. good, or I'm scared. And someone's offering help to soothe me, right? That, that bond, that secure attuned bond between little human and the caregiver sets the tone for how that little human grows up and knows the world is a safe place. People are there to help me. I deserve to be cared for. Mm -hmm. And of course, you don't just stay a six month old, you grow, you know, into, and then the toddler stage is, you know, the crazy twos, the aggression and the mischief and the why, why, you know, and, and all, and, and, and how you're interacted with, you know, and talked to as a real human, as opposed to this little thing, that's just a nuisance. Imagine all the kids that are brought up as seeing as being seen as nuisances. Yeah. And you hear that you are a little new, you're a nuisance, you're you're not, you know, you, mm -hmm. you know, you're, 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 you're a pain in my whatever. Mm take that into 20, 30, that little one, if they've never done self-work and who does when they're in their teenagers years, some people do, but it's yeah, very rare. Then they become 20, they go into relationships and it's like, I mean, transfer that energy. I'm not worthy or I'm a, I'm a little, whatever, you know, I don't, I don't deserve anything. Mm -hmm. And so you, and of course our, our hormones, our pheromones are attracted to people because that's how it works you fall in love. And then you're like, I don't deserve this. I don't deserve goodness. I don't deserve to be nurtured, to be touched well, because of my, the touch was all harsh or it was abusive, yeah. right. Or it was cold. And so these relationships that we have as adults reflect, you know, they, you know, we have to look back and be like, what piece didn't get connected with. And you might not know because you don't remember that early time, but you kind of get these clues. If, as you said, Jill, you keep getting into the same situation, you keep fleeing. Right. And so I guess the question, you know, there's a few things. Do you like the person you're with? You know, mm -hmm. is it not toxic? You know, if they're being abusive, then that's a different story, but let's just say you have a loving person and they really like you and they want to be with you and you're doing something that just doesn't match to that. Mm -hmm. Chances are that's a very old pattern that was learned when you were young and wired in just yep. because you had to survive, mm. right? Um, so there's lots of ways of looking at it, but really that early, early nurture and care, if that wasn't good, yeah. it, will, it will bleed out into adulthood. And then, but then people often think, well, that's just what it's like to be an adult. Yeah, the lies we tell ourselves yeah like it's just struggle it's we're ah. it's the victim it's so um I don't know if that makes sense yeah but, it makes uh, complete sense and I feel like I remember um I remember being on a a a, a course and, and um, I don't know if you've ever heard of PSI seminars no. they're amazing actually and um 
I went to one and I actually signed up to go to their women's leadership one over um, in the States next year. And mm. I am funny. I'm a funny one, Irene. When I go to things, I'm always a bit like, uh, you know, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Like, I, I feel like I really read people, right? I get like my intuition's quite quite on point. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm like, oh, but I was so delighted because this was so great. And they were like, they were nice. real, real amazing people. And I remember I, I stood up and I felt the nerves going. I thought, oh, here we go. There's something in here. And they got me to close my eyes and they said something, I'm paraphrasing, but it was like, love is, and I said, painful. The word painful came. And I'm like, whoa. So <laughs> where did that come from? <laughs> where did that come from? Like, where did that come from? And then uh-huh. I, I felt my emotion come in. And I just... Whereas before I would have suppressed that, I'd be like, mm-hmm. oh, don't cry in front of all these people. But I was just like, no, I'm just going to let this come because it's just, mm-hmm. I'm not going to attach a story to it. I'm just going to let that energy move yeah. through me. And, and, but I got curious after it and I thought, love is painful. Mm. Is it any wonder that I struggled in really allowing and receiving love from a partner? And, um, because I actually, and, and, and it took me back to childhood of, mm-hmm. you know, my mum brought us up on our own. There was no sort of male figure there. And the, the language that was used is like, you know, don't trust men. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, oh gosh, right. <clears throat> so where's my evidence of men being good? Um, totally. And so actually yeah. that, that was really kind of like wired in there deep. And I'm like, because if you'd asked me, I mean, I've got lots of guy friends. I'm, you know, I've got. I've got You're not afraid of men guys. in general. No. no, but that that was deep, and I thought, and actually, um, even just the simplest thing, right? And she'll probably kill me for saying this, but my <laughs> sister and I used to like when we were siblings. There was only two years between us, but we used to fight. And she was more of an angrier child than me. She's going to kill me. She's like, why are you telling people that? Um, but, but the memory of, and I knew how much she loved me, that unconditional love. But when someone hurts you, again, it goes back to the way I love hurts, right? Love is painful. And so I think there was like elements of don't come too close to me because love is painful so I want to just escape that and protect myself and I have had to honestly Irene I've been doing this work and not god nowhere near as long as you but really properly doing it for like five years and only in the last 18 months has this stuff really has my capacity to to really take take this on being Mm -hmm. able to be there I had to really work on lots of other stuff to allow me to go into that space where holy smoke I now see what's happened here and I and I also feel like when I've gone in and there's stuff generational from the women that came before me and Mm -hmm. I feel like that again has been you know I've taken that on and you talked about the baby and I think the utero you've said you know baby in the womb you know we are we're we are attached to our mother by the umbilical cord right so you know that if the mom's stressed we're we're going to take that on right all of it all of her stress, her energy, her fear, her happiness, mm-hmm. her sadness, what she eats, what she's exposed to. Yeah. It's 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 all coming through that cord. And then of course the the little one in there is sensing the danger and trying to get away. Um mm. and they can't. 
they're, they're, you know, in our somatic experiencing world, we would call this inescapable attack. They're, they're confined to a space and they can't get away. Um, I think that's one reason why let's just say many, um, uh, women experience miscarriage. Um, of course there's lots of reasons, right. But stress is a huge one. You know, the, 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 the growing fetus baby can't handle, it doesn't want that intense tension or preemie. And my husband was born premature and he knows that he came out early because he's like, get me out of this toxic environment. Wow. You know, and he's worked with that, um, not from a memory, but a somatic point of view. And yeah, when we do touch work with folks at that deeper in utero developmental level, like, you know, the belly button, the umbilical cord, you might work with that, but you might not work with that physically. It's just, can you sense it? Can you just bring your hand near there? And there can be a lot of intensity and a reaction in that area. Um, so yeah, it's um, the in utero. And then of course the generations. Yeah. I mean, I don't know your Scottish history, but I know that there was a lot of war and mm-hmm. division and all the stuff and, you know, famine and mm. what have you and hard work and, it carries and so it's this I don't deserve like you said I can't go out and have fun because all the women before me they never had fun so why should I have fun Uh uh-huh uh-huh and someone's going to stop me so we want to just escape that right or we 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 or we stay because we think it's shameful not to but we disconnect and dissociate and actually Mm -hmm. when you talked earlier about not feeling certain feelings in your body I remember first doing body work and they were like, go into your body. I'm like, I don't, I don't feel anything. Yeah, like exactly. I was so disconnected. Um, and this oh, yeah. is the thing, like, and and it take it can take years. Mm-hmm. It really can. Like for anyone that's like listening to this thinking, oh my God, we've all got shit we need to clear up. <laughs> you know what? We do, right? You don't have to do it, but if you have a desire to go in there and do it, just know that it's a journey. It's never a like, oh, I'm just going to do this crash course for a month. Like this is like, you know, doing life. a little bit. Yeah, it's life. Mm-hmm. It's life. And actually, the more you do it, though, mm-hmm. see when you get that moment, when you start to feel again, it's like, oh, I'm awake. I, I honestly, it feels like, oh, my God, I'm awake. I see things so differently now. And what that is, you know, is because I hear this from students, the words they use will be empowered, mm-hmm. alive, um, awake. Um, they will they will be amazed at how different they feel, but they can't quite pinpoint yeah. what it is. And some of them will say, I, I actually feel human. <laughs> like it's like what was I feeling before probably why was I so scared why was I so scared and and well and you were scared because you were treated poorly and so you had to go into protection mode Mm -hmm. but again if we think about always go back to the baby you know when you are with a little one and they you are connected with them and you're helping them and you're attuned it is pure bliss for both the mother and the child. Mm. And that's essentially what I think is occurring when we get into these deeper somatic layers is we are feeling a bliss 
that maybe we've never felt. And with that can come intense grief. Yeah. So this is the other thing is people think, oh, this must not be working because I'm a mess. Yeah. I yeah. feel depressed. I feel great. I'm angry. I hate the world. Like, and it's like, well, it's it's the grief of the shit, shit, <laughs> the stuff mm-hmm. that you, you know, what that happened to you, you know, and that wasn't right. I I I you will never get that opportunity back mm-hmm. to be mothered by a secure, regulated human being. And so you have to deal with that and face it. And you might be in a puddle for a month or a week, but you also have to, again, stay connected and know that it makes sense that you're grieving the fact that you didn't have that yummy, juicy bonding. Mm. And then that's why you haven't been able to bond with your partner, or you've lost people Mm. because of this, or you've screwed up your kids because Mm. you had no clue. And so, you know, again, it takes bravery um, to do it. But the thing is, if we make it real kind of contextual, so well, why bother? You know, I've had that question. Why should we work on this if it's just so damn hard and we feel all this intense stuff. And the reason why is because we will get sick if we don't. Mm -hmm. And the research is very clear and clean in that when we don't work with these early things, the chances of us getting ailments of all the kinds that most humans perish from and are sick from will happen, whether it is mental illness, um, whether it is um, cardiovascular troubles, cancer, autoimmune, neurodegenerative, of course, Mm -hmm. diet and all of that is very important as well. Um, But there is a very strong connection with unhealed early trauma and illness later in life, or sickness later in life. Because again, you have to remember that that fight, flight, freeze, that protection, autonomic nervous system is also what governs the digestion, the immune system, Mm -hmm. the body's capacity to heal and repair and recover. And so um, that's why, yeah, you know, for it's sure. like, it's like, it, you know, and some people may, well, some people have many billions have gone to their grave, not healing and not even knowing that it was possible to feel, but it is possible. Like we can yeah. heal this stuff when we're adults. Yeah. And also like when you said about not being able to have that, get that mothering connection back. Mm-hmm. And, but I, I feel, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on it, Irene, is that we can start to cultivate that safety and love again for ourselves. So although yep. we can't get back the past, we can certainly as adults go in and really nurture ourselves like really lovingly and, and create that safety. But mm-hmm. the safety comes from allowing all of the emotions to present themselves because if we're shaming or we're pushing it down we're denying a part of ourselves. yeah yeah and I mean what happens when someone decides as an, an adult I want to do this is they start to realize again through the lens of my work um and the work that my colleagues do um is that the process can be beautiful because you're reconnecting to parts of yourself that have literally been asleep, dead, not around and alive. 
And it's like, oh, this, I didn't know I could feel this. And of course, with that comes feeling all the feelings, right, of the spectrum, not just the, the, the vibrancy and the vitality, but as I mentioned, the grief, the pain, the suffering, but we, that's part of it. Um, and so when we can say yes to this and work with it at a neurological somatic body-based level because again I haven't seen a lot of success when this is just behavior and thought-based no. right because again it goes into those early patterns that are pre they're pre-verbal yeah. right and so uh, nothing against behavior change techniques and journaling and and those are tools but this is very deep in the physiology Agreed. Agreed. Mm-hmm. um and when you get this right, a lot of the other things fall into place, yeah. right? Because um, mm-hmm. it's, 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 it's in the body, and, but it's not just about muscles and stretching and being fit. That's important too, but this is a much subtler dance that we're working with. Mm-hmm. So, and, and as adult, as humans, I should say, we can change this. It's very hard to shift this in another mammal that was abused right Mm -hmm. like we we're using also the power of our higher brain to show up Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and to say yes and to be diligent and committed um and so that's where we as as human beings are kind of interesting because we can we can survive and endure intense atrocity and heal Mm. with of course the right tools and and resources and support and commitment Mm -hmm. and there are like lots of different tools for me personally and this is just me and I'm open to everything so I'm always open to new things and Mm -hmm. hearing new things but I I can't see past anything like with the body work because the somatic work the the journaling the tools all of these things are great but they don't allow us to they're not a tool that allows us to move and, and yeah. to, you know, and I, I, I sometimes now I can, and because I've been practicing it for so long, I can be sitting and just get a feeling and I just basically move it through my body or, mm-hmm. I'll, you know, I'll actually scream if no one's yeah. in, if they're in, I'll, I'll do the energy movement of, uh, yeah, like yeah, this yeah. really, and the cough comes and sometimes the yeah. reaction comes, yeah. but now I'm like, and they'll have a shake but I don't now attach a story to that you know and I feel like oh it's just that that's what I needed right now in that moment it's worth it like journaling is great we get so many insights from journaling and and things like that Um, and sometimes we can get like our downloads of oh here's an idea or here's Mm -hmm. something that it could be but then Mm -hmm. if we do nothing with it it's still there so then we need to move to the next stage and yeah, I love it. And, you know, I absolutely love what you do. Um, it's, and, and I talk about this a lot to Thank people. You. And obviously I'm, I'm, I'm on day 12 of the 21 day tune-up. Yeah. But I would recommend this to anyone. And even someone that's, you know, if you're thinking, well, I, do I want to do the tune-up? If, what if we go into this? It's not, you know, this program that Irene has a 21 day tune-up. It's not going to take you through a somatic experience and you've got no one else at the end there. To it's subtle. It. Yeah, it's, it's very subtle. subtle. We're not, we're not asking you to journal all the bad things that occurred to you. It's, it is really a, a lens of teaching the person, mm-hmm. the participant, how to learn 
and how to notice self and the environment. And then of course the theory is super important. Um, and and, right. Learning how the system works, how the physiology works, what the nervous systems are, all of Mm. that. So yeah, Mm. it's, it's, and you can go as slow or as fast as you want. There's no obligation that you have to finish it in 21 days. Yeah, And I did see that there was a woman who didn't do it in the 21 days, took a lot longer, but she went at her pace and she listened to herself. And I think that's so important to know yourself to start to trust yourself and not to push it and I love Mm -hmm. that because her story I was obviously reading it and she had so many breakthroughs but she took it at her pace rather than Uh forcing it you know yeah yeah Oh my goodness, Irene, I just <laughs> love these conversations. I get Aww. so excited. I'm like, oh. It's good. Um, Excitement's good. And you know, obviously I was reaching out to you because I just want to do some more work with you anyway. Mm. Um, and then you told me you don't do any one-to-one stuff now. I'm like, oh no, <laughs> I need you. Keep keep working at the courses. And um, yeah. as you know, the, the, the professional training that I'm working mm. with will will open up and and that'll be I think where my focus and where I will work with people a bit more individually will be in that that system which I know you're interested in so it'll happen I'm so glad you're doing that because you talked about everything all of your learnings and teachings over these years and actually if you're putting that together in a teacher program I think that's just phenomenal because we're getting all the best all the juice and that's the plan. Yeah. It's, it's, it's going to be a work in progress. It's not um, something that I take lightly. Like we're really um, mm. working with it um, slowly, intentionally. I have a, a very good colleague friend who's an ex- expert educator who develops curriculums for school. And, mm. and so it, it isn't just a bunch of ideas thrown onto a no. piece of paper. Like we're we're, we're really checking it twice and looking at it and making sure that there's a lesson plan and objectives and outcomes and the way you would in real school. And I think from what I've seen, that piece has been missing as well as testing. People are very afraid to test and fail people in, in these worlds of somatic trainings and healings. Now, of course, there might be folks that are asked to, you know, discontinue because they're just not ready and that happens, but um, there's no objective um, uh, testing, Um, you know, the way you would, again, I always go back to medical school, not that I know that some people can't stand medical doctors and allopathic medicine, but, you know, there's also a lot that was created in that world that Mm. does work well. Um, and so that's sort of what I'm looking at. It's definitely not a short-term no project. Mm-hmm. This is, this is a big project like to take school. on. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see, we'll see how the world takes it, if it works. We'll see. I want to do we'll it. See. I want to do <laughs> it. It's so good to find someone like you who is doing this work and, and helping Thank so you. many people. I'm so grateful to have found mm, you and grateful that you've come back I on know. again to share your wisdom. Irene, thank you so much. You're welcome, Jill. Lots of love. <laughs> <laughs>